Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always now is Brandon. Hey, man. How's it going? So uh, we are a little late this week. Uh, Things happen. Real life happens. We both have young kids, so... uh, Things will come up like that, but we're still bringing you guys this episode this week. It's coming out a little bit later, and as we've been doing on a regular basis now, we want to continue with our Did You Know segment. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So I uh, I was looking around a little bit, and I found this one kind of interesting. I was trying to find a year on this. Um... Oh, here we go. Okay, so uh, this was in the past three years. So about three years ago. So that's not true. Yeah. Uh, Did you know that globally only 2% of the population has green eyes? That's kind of surprising. Yeah. I mean, but kind of like when you stop and you think about it, I mean, you think about how many people are in, you know, the... Asia countries and all that and everything. And I think it's practically impossible for them to have green eyes. So you're thinking like some of the European people and everything, uh, you know, that gets smaller and smaller a percent. So if you have green eyes, you are, you are very unique already as it is. (laughs) Yeah. And now that I think about it, I don't don't really know too many people with green eyes. Well, I kind of wonder if it constitutes cause uh, I'm, I'm imagining that they're saying like full fledged green eyes because uh, actually my wife has kind of those weird green blue, so technically not only green, you know. Yeah, my wife's kind of the same way. So yeah, I'm I'm I would kind of guess that we're talking about like straight up green eyes, but and it makes you wonder how many people have brown eyes. Like what's oh, yeah. that's got to be like ninety percent. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be. My guess would be, and I'll pr- I'll try to look this up sometime. Brown eyes, then blue eyes, then green eyes. I don't know if they would divide up into like you know the mixtures or whatever. I wonder yeah. how many people have the uh, uh, two different eyes. Oh you know? yeah, so, there was a girl I went to high school with that had that. Yeah, I think there's somebody in uh, my wife's family that has that. So, but yeah, there you go. It's not there a husky, is it? <laughs> No, no, it's not a dog. <laughs> a real person. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's. I think that's a little bit more common. So, uh, but uh, to we're before we get going into content uh, for this week, we're going to give a little bit of announcements. So it's not. We don't really have the details right now, but the breaking news. Um, we, Brandon and I have been talking, and so we are actually going to be making some adjustments to the show. Um, we, uh, 
the show spawned at the very beginning from myself wanting to do a podcast, specifically Michigan football. Um, Craig jumped in and we formed it. And so I don't, uh, neither of us wants to really force ourselves into a box because the dynamic between Brandon and I is different than the dynamic between Craig and I. Um, and so we want to find kind of essentially the groove that we fit in our niche, I guess you might say. So we're going to be making some adjustments here. Uh, we're looking at the month of, uh, April. Um, and like I said, it's more of adjustments than changes, I would say, because it's still going to be the blue brothers sportscast. So don't like, this isn't going to turn into how, how to knit or, you know, how to crochet. <laughs> well, we're both knitting experts. I think we're kind of kind of holding out on the world here. Yeah, we're we're missing we're missing out on our calling. We're here to tell you. <laughs> we're not going to visually. We are going to descriptively tell you how to knit and crochet each and every week. Uh, so get your uh, get your yarn ready. Um, but yeah, so we we have a different dynamic uh brandon and i have actually known each other longer than craig and i have um brandon and i went to college together uh gosh what 2008 2009 i think when oh man it was forever ago yeah it was something (laughs) like that because i started going at that uh i bumped around colleges for a little while i started going there in 2007 so i think it was like the following year or something but then uh we actually worked at the same place with craig so the three of us know each other pretty well but let's face it, uh, uh, you know, I mean, you have different dynamics with different friends. So I don't want to force, like, essentially force what Craig and I had into what Brain and I have. So we're we're kind of molding and adjusting to find that. So just giving you guys a heads up, want to let you know, it's going to be fun. We're, we're having a good time talking about it. But it's just going to basically be adjustments. Uh, to find our ebb and flow for how the episodes are going to go and everything. So we're still going to do every week and all that good stuff. And we're actually looking to do not saying that we didn't have fun before and, or we were boring or anything, but just kind of like some new test out some new things. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still going to be Michigan football, obviously, or throw some other stuff in there too. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, it's, it's going to be good. The conversations that we've already had about are good. So we're just going to kind of put together a plan on like how to set it all up and, like we said, it'll probably not be until April because we want to take time to make sure that we put it together nicely for you guys and don't change things every week. So, but, uh, but yeah, so we're giving you a little heads up about that before we go ahead and jump into that, uh, the serious stuff, the football stuff. So we're, we're going to be mainly discussing, um, one topic here today but there was something that came up this week that we want to take time to mention uh because it has an impact on the 2019 season uh some of you guys may have heard about it may have not but brandon what is the transfer information that came about michigan football this week yeah maybe you guys haven't heard but uh michigan got a grad transfer from central uh his name is mike dana he is a defensive end um, he's a grad transfer, so he'll be able to play like right off the bat. Um, he's a pretty good player. Uh, he is actually on the pro football focus, uh, all American team. And he had eight and a half sacks last year. Yeah. So that, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. He's got, I mean, a decent sized guy. Uh, 
I mean, he's at, I think he's like six two, about two fifty. Um, uh, so he, you know, he can fill in kind of where Winovich was. That's what I'm thinking, at least. Yeah, and I've got uh, I've got down here that he had sixty five tackles uh, for last year too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this is uh, w- when we were chatting about it uh, earlier. Well, this week and even today, it's. Uh, Nice thing to see more happening with the defense, obviously, because the big hits we took with Winovich, Gary, and Bush. So that's uh, – I I don't know how long um, the transfer window is, but I was I was a little surprised by it. I feel, I feel like it's a little bit late in, in the timing, but, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, it is kind of late. I thought – you know, I thought I heard not too long ago that the portal closed, so – I don't know if it's maybe different for grad transfers. Yeah, maybe that's no, not really it, my area of expertise. But. Yeah, we'll try to if if we dig up anything, we'll try to uh, notify you guys on what we learn. But yeah, so and also, is it like the portal closes and that means you just can't put your name in it anymore, or the portal closes and all transfers are done? You know, the weird. It's so many little details with that, but definitely worth yeah. mentioning. So. Like, can we talk about how weird it is that it's called the transfer portal? <laughs> I just picture guys, like, falling into another dimension. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, did you ever watch the show Quantum Leap? Oh, yeah. With Scott Bakula? Yeah. <laughs> that that comes to mind to me for the portal. <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh. it's, it's a weird name. I, wa- I don't know where that originated from. But they definitely yeah, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure they could have gone with something else, but <laughs> now it is what it is. And people people were having a fun time with it because it, it, this year it really did kind of blow up. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if we can dig up more information about the time frame that transfer can happen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could happen during the season for all we know at this point, but we'll see what we dig up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was important to mention that because what we're going to be talking about today is our way too early thoughts slash predictions for Michigan's 2019 football season. Uh, we usually do this because we just, you know, in reactions of what happened in 2018 and then coaching changes and things like that, what are our thoughts for the next season coming up? Also, uh, we want to fit it in now because I personally like doing it before the spring game, especially this year, before we get any inkling to what Gaddis is going to be doing. I honestly don't think we're going to, you know, be shown a ton or, I mean, that's kind of how Michigan usually does things anyways. Um, But even so beforehand, before we know anything for sure, uh, we want to do this before the spring game, and that came out actually earlier this week, too. Information for that, if uh, you guys have not heard that already. The date and time have been set for the Michigan spring game. Harbaugh talked about on his uh, Tech Each Day podcast. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out th- that out, you definitely should. Um, great stuff there. And the it's a Saturday, obviously, uh, April 13th, and it's at 5 p.m. So... Brandon, any idea if you might be able to make that or? Um, it's possible. Um, I mean, I have to look at my schedule and see what's going on, but okay, I, really I don't see why not. I mean, you and I have gone 
how yeah. many years ago was it? It was Harbaugh's first year. I think you and I went. Yeah, I think, I think so. It was his first or second year. So it's been at least two years, if not three years. So, yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, it's um, or more. I don't know. I'm messing up my time frame, but yeah, it's been a little while. Um, I'm, I want to try to go to that, but we're gonna have to see what's going on. A lot of, a lot of different things are going on for me right now, like side projects and work and things like that so we'll see uh we'll obviously let you guys know if we're going to be down there uh and doing stuff for the spring game but that is when the spring game is so this is a uh good opportunity to take time to talk about 2019 we're just gonna talk about thoughts general thoughts kind of predictions and things like that so real quick i'm going to go through the schedule and then um Brandon, if you want to share your first initial thoughts about the schedule um, for Michigan and what uh, what it looks like for them in 2019, because they start off with two home games, uh, Middle Tennessee, then the Army Black Knights. Then they actually have an early uh, bye week. But the interesting thing is there will be a second bye week. So we'll get to that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Two bye weeks. That's Yeah. I can't remember the last time that's happened. I don't know either. The first game is August 31st, though, so things do get kicked off a little bit early, like a few days early, because usually the first games are like the second or the third. Yeah. So uh, maybe there's like an extra week in there or something that they were able to slip that by weekend. But uh, well, so you got what the days Labor Day because oh, isn't it, it's usually Labor Day weekend because I'm usually up north and I watch the game. Yeah, I think it still is. I because I, I actually I think was it one year that uh okay Monday September second so yeah that makes sense because that'll be Saturday then I feel like Michigan yeah. played one time the week before Labor Day or no it was a Thursday before Labor Day that's why it was weird it was a Thursday yeah. I think um but yeah so two home games right off the bat uh, Middle Tennessee Army Black Knights by week then hit the road um. For the first road game at Wisconsin, then you're back home versus Rutgers and then Iowa, and then on the road for two games against Illinois, then Penn State, then home for Notre Dame, away for Maryland. Then you get that second bye week, which is the second week in November, uh, which is kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, kind of crazy because I think that's that's it there where it's a little bit weird because you have um, five Saturdays in November. Hmm. So you get that. So the second Saturday is bye week. Then it's at home Michigan State, on the road Indiana, and at home Ohio State. So it's a lot to take in. Uh, initial thoughts, Brandon, just kind of looking at that list. Uh, the, the one that kind of surprised me is how early Wisconsin comes. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe we would ease ourselves into the Big Ten schedule a little bit, but. You know, week three, we start off with one of the tougher teams in the Big Ten. I mean, and it's at Wisconsin. So, you know, that would be a tough game. That will be a test early on. Yeah, it's been um, a while. It's been a while, I think, since they've played a, that tough an opponent that early on. Well, outside of last year with Notre Dame, I guess you would say it. But. Right. And then, I mean, after that, Rutgers, it's, it's Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just consider them a Mac school? Uh, yeah, for for the most part, even though Michigan did lose to them, but that was like, you know, that 
is what it is, and we shall not speak of that anymore. <laughs> Did you hear the actual um, other news with Rutgers? I think it just came out today, is that they're going to start serving beer in the stadium for football. Oh, really? I, no, I don't yeah. think Yeah. Actually, Craig and I were having that conversation about how we're happy they don't do that at the big house because you're already like snuggled up with strangers to begin with. Oh, yeah. Because it's so tight in there. But Rutgers, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, they're in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, too, I mean, most of the time when you watch it, the stadium's like never full. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have to worry about the crowded stuff. But then also, I mean, it might increase their activity for it because if people <laughs> come and drink, they might like actually. And we give Rutgers a hard time, but people might actually have fun and, you know, make an event out of it. I know people can still make an event out of t- tailgating, but who knows? It'll be interesting. Right. Could be good. Could be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, the next game with Iowa, um, you and I were laughing because I originally thought it was at Iowa. Mm-hmm. And that worried me because we always struggle at Iowa. Yeah. And then we actually argued for a little bit until I Googled it again and then I had egg in my face for that one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I mean, other than that, the, I mean, you got the obvious games of uh, Penn State, you know, at Penn State. I mean, it's a tough place to play. Uh, one of the better teams in our uh, conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame, that'll be another tough game. But, I mean, at least it's home this time. We don't have to play there. Yeah, and it's not week one. It, exactly. We got time to, you know, warm up a little bit, smooth things out. Um, MSU, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. They're almost like rebuilding, but, you know, it's a rivalry game. They always show up against us. Yeah. Um, I mean, the game that really worries me, I mean, other than Ohio State, which is obviously going to be our toughest game, always is every year. Uh, it's that game at Indiana the week before Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Indiana, through the last few years, has given us some tough games, close games, and it's at Indiana. Yeah. I mean, it's a smaller stadium, but that place, it gets loud. They get rowdy. It's a, it's a tough place to play. Yeah, and Indiana knows how to show up, especially for those trap games. Like, they know it. They know when it's mm-hmm. a trap game. So, yeah, that's interesting. One thing I'll say here real quick is I'm a little, I mean, of course I know we rotate through teams, but I think it's been a while since this has been the case, but we're not playing Northwestern. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, It has been a little while since we haven't, we had a year where we haven't played them. Yeah. That's always kind of like an interesting game. And as Craig and I have always said, well, I've always said, it's like, I like Northwestern. But they can kind of be that tricky one, too, especially we saw last year with how close the game was. So, yeah, but uh, something that I'll take away from it is, uh, uh, I mean, if you guys didn't keep track of it. So essentially, there are seven home games and five away. Um, There are definitely two tough road games, um, not downplaying the other ones, but the obvious ones are at Wisconsin at at Penn State. Uh, Those are always tough places to play, even if they're not, you know, a top 25 team. They're still tough to play. Uh, And then of the home games, you have four tough home games because you've got Iowa, hopefully potentially not being as tough as playing on the road, but it's been a while since Michigan has even played Iowa at the big house. So that'll be Mm kind of interesting. But then uh, of course, Notre Dame, Michigan state and Ohio state. 
again, uh, fortunately, those are at home. But all of these, there's not really much of a break once you get into the thick of the season because you've got the first three weeks that are all right, you know, Middle Tennessee, Army, and then a bye week. But then you go Wisconsin, then Rutgers, but then it's Iowa, then it's at Illinois, but then it's Penn State and Notre Dame right back, back to back. And mm-hmm. then you have really only one more time that you have two weeks in between big games because then it's Maryland, a bye week, then Michigan State, then the one at Indiana, then Ohio State. So it's it's really kind of smashed in there all together where there's not much of a break. Like if something if something happens, you know, a key injury with a player or something of that sort or – you know, there's some discombobulation or something. There's not really a lot of recovery space in in this schedule. So the um, you still there? Oh yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, oh. Um, yeah, I agree with you. There's not really much room for us to, you know, uh, not really like take time off. But you know what I mean, just ones where we don't have to worry as much. Uh, like you said, we got that Maryland game and then a bye week. But, I mean, other than that, we've got a tough schedule this year. Yeah. I mean, we we downplay Rutgers, and, you know, not a lot of people say much about Illinois and things like that. But still, it's just like, you know, if something happens in there, yeah. I feel like there are more times in most seasons, I could be wrong, where you have, you know, a couple games in there, where if one player is out for like two weeks, it's not too awful and everything. But again, with Michigan uh, constantly building and growing as their uh, kind of mantra is, kind of even what Chase Winovich was talking about last year, you know, Michigan's Michigan's building to something. They're getting closer and closer to the point where when those types of things happen, you know, if a player has to be out for something or whatever – that they have more depth on the team. And we saw some of that last year with uh, when Rashawn Gary had to be out. Um, even when Higdon had to sit out a game, uh, it wasn't too bad. Of course, I mean, some of those opponents weren't uh, the biggest hurdles. But I-, I think as the next few years go on, that will be less of a topic that comes up because the second-tier group the second team second string there we go that's the word i was looking for will be able to fill those gaps more easily and everything so mm-hmm. yeah i am um what would you say so it's kind of obviously obvious one that everybody's always kind of worried or stressed about ohio state however you want to frame it outside of that what would you put as uh, the game that Michigan would be in the most jeopardy for. Because the bigger ones you've got at Michigan State, or I'm sorry, home against Michigan State, home against Notre Dame, at Penn State, um, home against Iowa, at Wisconsin, but then, as you said, too, uh, at Indiana is a bigger one for you. So out of those, is there one that sticks out more than the others that you're like, this could be the problem game? Oh man, oh, they make me choose here. Um, I would say probably Notre Dame. 
just because of the season they had last year, they got a lot of returning players. Uh, they're set at quarterback now. Uh, when they played us before, you know, we talked about when Craig was on that we, we played against Wimbush. Yeah. Who pretty much showed that he couldn't pass against anybody but us. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a, a question mark there. Uh, that Penn State game, I think, is going to be tough, too. Because remember against us, that, that backup came in. Yeah, uh, or maybe it wasn't against us. Maybe it was a, no, it was against Ohio State. I think when that that backup came in, he actually played better than McSorley did. Oh yes, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, little he's a taller kid. Man, I can't think of his name. Yeah, uh, that that escapes me too. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think you know he's actually he's going to be better than McSorley. So you know that's kind of a question mark there too. But I think the Notre Dame game is probably going to be our toughest one before we get to Ohio State. Yeah, it'll be it's difficult to tell. I, I do agree with you on that because Notre Dame does seem to be out of this lineup the most kind of complete team coming off of last year. because uh, mm. Penn State was kind of derailed a little bit. Wisconsin was definitely off their game last year. Um Michigan State is a huge question mark if they're going to be continuing on the same direction or if they're going to be on uh, on the in- incline, climbing their way up out of the ho- kind of the hole that they were in. So yeah, probably Notre Dame. I would agree. Penn State could be a little bit tricky because that that is that week where it's back to back. So you got that road game right before Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would pr- I would probably put the uh, okay. We don't have any times. Because it's way too early. Well, uh, if it's a night game at Wisconsin, that would <laughs> that would probably change the the dynamic there a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, also, that goes for Penn State too. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling that that wedged right there in the middle there in October, the Penn State Notre Dame that that could be, you know, either them playing the Penn State game right before the Notre Dame game, and you know just. Because Michigan has had the problem with getting in that funk for years now of there's always like some game that they don't do, uh, whether it's not always Indiana, but there's always like some game where it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's called what my brother always tells me, playing down to their level. Yeah. Like where we have the better team but we play down to the the lower team's level. Yeah, kind of like um, Northwestern last year. Yeah, or uh, Iowa a couple years ago oh, when yep. um, Spate got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that's uh, – I definitely agree with that. Yeah, the uh, – and not saying that uh, Northwestern was a bad team, but – you know, Michigan was a superior team in my opinion, but Pat Fitzgerald had him ready for that game. Um, yeah, so I'd be worried that one of those two somehow, either coming off of the Penn State game and playing Notre Dame or just the fact that you're at Penn State the week before Notre Dame, that that could kind of throw a wrench in things. I Looking at all of this, the players coming back and everything, the uh, I don't see any reason that any of these games are not 
winnable? Am I saying that the right way? Like all these games are winnable there. Oh yeah. It's just easier. Um, I'm not going to come out and say that Michigan is going to go undefeated because obviously the offense is kind of a big question mark. That's kind of, uh, going to be, you know, the, the last time Michigan went through a huge, uh, um, offensive scheme change was not good. And I'm not saying that mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen this time, but you never really know what's going to happen. So, uh, everybody's being optimistic and I like it. We'll see what happens. Uh, but there's that question mark, but I think even, a uh, the biggest question mark that is, uh, that I want answers to, or that I want to see results from is what is going to happen with the running backs since Evans is gone. Higdon is gone. Is Michigan going to be more of a one dimensional team? Mm-hmm. So is there anything with that or uh, do you have anything more that you kind of want to say about thoughts about the running back core then? Man, I mean, what do you really say? Uh, you know, we, we knew Higdon was going, he was a senior. Uh, but Evans, you know, we talked about it last time. Uh, it, it was a big surprise. Um, and it makes you really think like, who's going to be that guy that's going to step up. Who's going to be the one you know, is going to take the bulk of the carries? Uh, you know, you figure that it's going to be mostly a shared backfield. I mean, that's what Harbaugh likes to do. But, you know, even like last year where we had Higdon taking most of the carries, like who's going to be that guy this year? You know, is Charbonnet going to step up and be that guy? Or, you know, True Wilson, I'm, I'm probably thinking it's going to be our, our main back until Charbonnet can show what he can do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of questions about it. I just didn't, I was just kind of curious your thoughts. I mean, there's also Christian Turner. So I, I think everybody's anticipating that it's going to be, um, you know, the, uh, like you said, the rotation of the running backs and everything. But mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see if Michigan becomes one dimensional. I think that will actually lean more on the offensive line and their ability to run block than the actual yeah. ability of the running backs. I mean, th- their ability were, will help, but I think it will be bigger if we see a step forward for the run blocking for the offensive line. Because, I mean, let's face it, if you've got an offensive line that can dominate the with the run blocking, it kind of almost doesn't matter the level of your running back. You're, you will still be productive enough to have your running game matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've even seen that in the NFL. I mean, the Broncos had so many years of 1,000-yard running backs that did that for one season, and then that was it. Yeah. Yeah, so that it'll be interesting. So, so definitely some big question marks. I mean, we talked about the things that happened with the defense um, and losing players and things like that. Shea Patterson's coming back. The wide receiver core looked awesome. Uh, there's the new coaches. Of course, the offense is going to be uh, drastically different. People are going to freak out if there are too many tight ends on the field at one time. <laughs> uh, it just kind of makes me I, – I w- it would make me laugh so hard if they deliberately did that for the first play on offense, and then they never <laughs> did it again. Uh, that would be great. Hey, I, I've got a question for you talking about uh, receivers. Yeah. 
Uh, who do you think is going to have the most receiving yards? Oh yeah, no, that's that's a good one. I uh, we talk, I, I think we may have touched on it a little bit. Um, I'm so Donovan Peoples Jones and Tariq Black and why do I always Nico Collins? Thank you, Nico Collins. There's three, and there's always one that I the name escapes me. Um, Tariq Black has the ability to just be an absolute freak wide receiver, not like oh, yeah, strength for sure. and power. If he is healthy all season, I'd have to probably put money down on Tariq Black. Yeah, two years ago, he was just starting to come on when he got hurt. Yeah. And, I mean, and then, that was a big blow. And then last year being out most of the year, I mean, that's a lot of play time that he's missed out on. Mm-hmm. He's so going to have he, to make up for that quick. Yeah, if he is able to go for the whole year, I think he is – I think he wants it. Like, he just wants to take over. Like, he wants to make up for what he's missed. And, I, I mean, I cannot imagine – being an athlete at that level and having to miss that much in the first two years just because of injury. It's not like mm-hmm. he, he got passed up or anything. Um, if there is anything with him with injury or limitation or anything, um, I might have to go with Nico Collins. I just really like his physicality. And I think uh, I'm optimistic and I, there's not a lot of reasoning behind it, but if Gaddis is more of a passing guy, I think that there will be more opportunities to, you know, throw it up for the big guy to make the physical play than perhaps maybe some of the routes that break open. If it's more of the routes breaking open, Peoples Jones might be able to to uh, break to the top of the list. What What are your thoughts? Do you have one that you go to right away? I was thinking people's Jones. I mean, I like Collins a lot. uh, And like we talked, like you said, you know, Black's got a lot of ability, but that the missing basically two seasons now, um, I mean, that's going to hinder him. Um, I still think he's going to be pretty productive if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, But I expect people's Jones probably to lead in yardage. And then I'm expecting Collins to probably have the most touchdowns just because he's a bigger red zone target. Oh yeah, true. Good point. So, yeah, it'll be. I mean, that's like that's good to have a um have that difficult of a time to pick somebody because essentially, I mean, they're all playing at a high level when they're healthy and everything. So it'll be exciting to watch that, especially with supposedly what Gaddis is going to be bringing in. So, mm-hmm. um, where do you think? might be the or an area of greatest concern for Michigan in 2019. I know we've talked about the running backs and things like that, so you can kind of you know put that answer in if you want to, but is there something else? Is there another position group? Is there another player? What, where, um, what piques your interest? Oh, one that interests me... It's uh, the corner position. Okay. Uh, I mean, with Long going in the NFL draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know we still have Hill, um, but, you know, I don't know if Ambry Thomas is exactly ready yet. 
I mean, there might be somebody else out there that you know, they can plug in and play. But I'm really interested to see Thomas's growth, mm-hmm. or you know, growth from another corner that we've got. Uh, just because you know, Long played at such a high level. Yeah. That it, I mean, it's either way. It's probably going to be a, a a decent step down. And uh, you know, with how bad OSU burned us last year, that kind of scares me. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Uh, I'm going to kind of stick on the defensive side too because I know everybody had the problems with the offense last year, but with the extremely poor performance from the defense for Ohio State and the bowl game, of course the bowl game was something kind of a little bit different because you didn't have Gary and you didn't have Bush and uh, Higdon and that whole story and everything, but they let up a lot of points and I feel like they have, you know, almost as many things that they have to deal with as the offense did going into the offseason. Um, because, yeah, people were like, well, the offense isn't putting up points. And it's like, well, at the end of the season, the defense wasn't exactly stopping teams from scoring. So <laughs> Very true. I would probably point to since I think the biggest um, the potentially the biggest drop off from the player that we had last year to coming into 2019 would be the linebacker with Bush leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. that That's a, a bigger concern for me. I don't know if I would label it just straight up, say it's the biggest, but that's a kind of a big concern with me just because of the high level that he played at and everything. And then also they were able to work well off each other of Winovich, Gary and Bush and long and, um, uh, Kalik Hudson, right? Yep. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like that. I mean, that's going to change the dynamic. So it's like, is somebody going to be able to come in and kind of keep that high level play going? And is the defense going to make adjustments so that another, OSU slash Florida scenario is not going to happen again. You can, like, you can't do that. So, oh, and another guy we're forgetting about too that left is uh, Tyree Kennel. Yeah, yeah, he's also um, entering the draft. So, um, you know, I know we have Dax Daxton Hill coming in. So, you know, he might be just a, a good fill in right there uh, to play at. You know. A decently high level for his his freshman season. I mean, with all the hype coming in with him, if he can live up to some of it, then we should be in shape. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, uh, well, if you have any other thoughts, like for the season as a whole, uh, let's go ahead and share it here. Otherwise, kind of, I mean, you know, this is very rough as we call it the way too early look at 2019, but. Would you throw out a number or a, a record that you kind of anticipate for the rec- uh, twelve game regular season for Michigan? Mm-hmm. I don't really want to jinx us, but the only game that I'm pretty fairly confident that we're probably not going to win, and everybody's going to hate me for saying it, is. <laughs> Is the last one of the season, Ohio State. So you're I thinking hate to say it, 
But that one, after what happened last year, the coaching staff doesn't gonna they're gonna have to show me something. Yeah, the the so, fact that we're so terribly unprepared for that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't give me any confidence for this season. So uh, are you looking at you're thinking like eleven and one or? Yeah, that's. Dude, it's so tough to say because it's so early, but yeah, I mean, right now that we're talking about it, I'm, I, I'd be fairly confident saying eleven and one. Okay. Yeah, I think the kind of go-to for people, I, I guess, realistic slash optimistic people is ten or eleven wins. Um, I, I am with you where I am not really high on the osu game because let's face it urban meyer is still quote unquote there the staff is very similar to what it was last year um and they just i mean they had michigan's number and totally picked it apart so it's just like what is going to be the difference on how you stop that one year later when you're going up against practically the same staff who prepared for that game Mm -hmm. um so there's definitely concern with that one. So it's between, uh, I think most people are going to be kind of between 10 win and 11 win season. I, I think, and I know you're not saying that you don't think that Michigan, uh, you said that Michigan could win all their games, but that's the one that you think is going to be the biggest uh, stumbling block. I, I think it's going to be an 11 one season um, because part because it's way too early. We see nothing. Um, I mean, heck, we're still not even going to know a whole lot before when we get to the week before the first game kicks off. Right. But I, I think I'm thinking 11-1 and for regular season, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's at least a 10 win season then with the possibility of, you know, winning some of the, um, uh, postseason games. So I'm predicting a better final record than 2018. So, but I'll I'll put the stamp on 11 and one as well, but not right. completely sold. Saying that's the OSU game. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I know we both don't want it to be, but I'm, I'm, my <laughs> optimism is kind of kicking in. Yeah. So, um, here's here's something interesting that we were talking about this week too, is uh. What was the Ohio State um, Twitter account that was talking about the game being at a different time other than noon? Oh yeah, the eleven their eleven Warriors count or whatever. Yeah, and like they want it to be a nighttime game. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I've expressed it so many times. I remember being a kid. I remember watching the game every single weekend with my dad and I didn't have to change anything I had planned. I knew every game was at noon on ABC. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, now it's just like, okay, when's this game? Oh, well the game's in like a week. I bought tickets. I don't know what time the game's at Mm -hmm. or, Hey, I'm at home. I want to watch this. Do I have this channel? Yeah. So you gotta like search for the channel and, you know, I like the idea of knowing that the Ohio State game is going to be at noon. Yeah. I feel like that's tradition. I feel like we should keep it the same. 
I mean, yes, it's the big biggest game of the season. People like to see the big games under the lights, but to me, um, I always remember watching the OSU game at noon. So I I would like to keep it at noon. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm I'm good with that too. I I am good with keeping at noon. Um, it it kicks off the day. I know everybody's like, oh, prime time, prime time. Michigan and Ohio State still pull in some of the best numbers, mm-hmm. even being a noon game. So I'm kind of like, screw your philosophy, just leave it alone. Um, also, <laughs> it's in November. It's freezing cold or can be freezing cold, so don't make matters worse and make it a night game. Exactly. Yeah, I would uh, I would leave it alone, let it be a noon game. It'd be nice if um, if some of the bigger games, I don't know how the whole like networking goes and everything, but it'd be nice if some of the bigger games could be settled way earlier, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, some of the biggest ones, they're going to be on the better channels to be able to pick up stuff, but yeah, you gotta. It's annoying when Big Ten picks games and that nonsense. Yeah, and the scheduling and the networking, I'll forever be on my soapbox for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard it all last year. Like you're not part of the team. The kids like play it at eight o'clock, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool, hook them. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, <Exactly>. bud. <laughs> it's like fine. I mean, there there are night games, so I. Mm-hmm. I I've said it before. I'm kind of a firm believer of play one night game at home, play one night game on the road, and then that's it. And just like leave it at that. Yeah. So boom. Call it good. So yeah, we'll see. You know Michigan's gonna have some games. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame turns into a night game, but yeah, we'll see. I, I can tell you as much, though. It's fun going to a night game at um, the big house, but it is freaking late. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, anything else to add on any of those subjects before we uh, sign off then? Or No, I think I'm set, dude. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, we always uh, appreciate you guys uh, hanging out and listening. Uh we will so this is coming out here on thursday we're going to post this and then we'll be back to uh trying to release things earlier in the week next week we will always be there every single week though so we thank you guys and until next time we'll finish off with go blue go blue